You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Happy, Happy New, New Year! Year! As we bring in the new year, we wanted to start off the first podcast in 2021 with a discussion of New Year's resolutions. Maybe you're trying to get healthy or read more books this year. We wanted to give you all some ideas as seaplane pilots and enthusiasts on what you can do in the new year to make 2021 just a little safer for everyone out there on the water and in the air. So let us know on social media. Look up the Seaplane Pilots Association. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or call us directly at SPA at 863-701-7979. Again, 863-701-7979. We'll put those social media links in the show notes as well. If you think of anything else that we need to bring up to you as a New Year's resolution, then please let us know. But here are some of the ideas that we came up for you on things that you can do to help the seaplane community in 2021. So starting off, getting current, getting proficient. Steve, give us an idea. What exactly is the difference between currency and proficiency? Well, there's there a, is a difference. There is a big difference between currency and proficiency. I would say currency is checking the box and nothing more than checking the box. Proficiency means that you can perform the task at hand at a high level of competency. And you can do that in a variety of conditions and you can do it on demand as you need to. So you're saying that if someone goes for a flight review, remember, it's not a BFR. It's a flight, flight review. review. Yes. Whenever you feel like you need that extra bit of training, maybe you want someone looking over your shoulder and just giving you that extra confidence, maybe cleaning up something that you weren't as confident in. That doesn't necessarily mean that you go out and get yourself in any free situation that you can possibly imagine. Maybe for your flight review, you had a beautiful eight-knot day, the clear ultimate. skies. It was, <laughs> it was just a beautiful day to be a seaplane pilot, and you go out, and it's glassy water, or it's gusting above 20 knots, and you're in a J3. Do you feel like you're proficient enough where you can handle those conditions? Or a Beaver or 185, and you've got all that mass of the airplane and that big sailing tendency of an airplane that size to contend with as you're coming into the dock. Exactly. So even though you're technically current, you have this in your logbook, I'm flight reviewed, are you proficient? There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. So recognize that. And especially as we're coming off the winter months, and so many of you, the members and the pilots out there in the seaplane community, have had your airplane in storage over the winter months, or you've been on skis or wheels across the winter. When you put that airplane back on floats for the first time, This isn't when you decide to take the family and go camping and to load the airplane up and go out and and do this on your first couple of flights. You need to take time to get re-proficient in the skills of handling your airplane again and especially handling it when it's loaded before you put your family and loved ones into the airplane and go off to Lake Faraway into what may be glassy water. 
And if you think that you don't need recurrent training because you are just such a hotshot pilot, you are God's gift to aviation. You are the problem. <laughs> you are the problem. And I think that there's some dangerous pilot habits that, that the FAA would love to talk to you about. Yeah. So really, this is for not. This is a time to put your ego aside. If you haven't been flying on floats for the winter months because you're up north, not like us here in Florida, or if your airplane's been down for maintenance even, if there's been any lapse in your regular flying, go out and take the time to get proficient. Get able to handle the airplane and fly the airplane the way you're going to fly it in the real world scenario before again. And I got to stress this before you load the airplane up into challenging situations with everything that you love in it, your dog, your family, your kids, your, your wife, make sure you go out and take the time to get proficient, not only after the winter months, but all the time, whenever you're flying in 2021, do me a favor and make a new year's resolution to maintain your proficiency and be proficient before you put yourself in challenging situations. Fantastic. So moving on, trying something new. You know, we talked about it in previous podcasts. Try a new aircraft, maybe get a new rating, a new type of flying. Maybe go to an area that you've never flown before. Having only flown in mostly Florida, flat, happy weather conditions, 365 days a year, I'm very spoiled. I recognize that. It's like learning how to drive in an empty parking lot. And so I would love to get proficient in mountain flying. Steve, I know you've done mountain flying. Absolutely. So, you know, my, my good friend, Terry Hayes, uh, taught me how to fly mountain flying in Northern California. Uh, she, we've also flown together in Montana and I was a Florida boy. I mean, I didn't have that kind of experience and I, I really attribute what's helped me become a better pilot is not just more ratings, not just more flight time, but increasing the diversity of the experience of the different kind of aircraft that I've flown, which is amazing. It's like almost 70 different types of seaplanes wow. at this point. And, and also doing so in those different geographic or water conditions. And, and so I cannot put enough value on that, uh, is go out, and you've heard us say this before. I don't mean to kind of beat the horse to death on this topic, but go out and and as part of your proficiency, go out and learn how to fly new aircraft, go to new geographic areas, fly with different flight instructors even. Learn different glassy water techniques. So yeah. I have a video that I show students before I even get in an airplane with them because chances are we're not going to have glassy water. Maybe in the summer, maybe after a front goes through. But I want them to know this is scary stuff. You physically, like it's not like my eyesight is any better than yours. You can't see the surface of the water like walking into a sliding glass door. Maybe go and get with an instructor and find glassy water if you've never seen it before, if you've only ever seen it in YouTube videos. And I hope you have seen it, and I hope you are proficient in it. But again, get new experiences. If you want to become a better, safer pilot, try something new. Uh, fly different aircraft, go somewhere different, get a different kind of training from a different kind of flight school or a different instructor, and you'll be a better pilot. So that is New Year's resolution number two. Get some, uh, Try something new, fly new aircraft, fly someplace different. Awesome. So moving on, becoming a mentor. So think back, what got you interested in, in seaplane flying? Do you remember that first seaplane flight with... I don't know, your parent or maybe there was someone at your airport and they threw you a bone and 
put you in the back of the beaver. I don't know. So why couldn't you be some, that for someone else? Yeah, so this is really big. You know, we have an aging population of pilots worldwide in the United States. It doesn't matter where we are, whether they're general aviation pilots, whether they're commercial pilots or seaplane pilots. We are an aging demographic, which is why I'm so excited to have you at the table and have your youth with the organization. Me? Yes, no. because, because you're not as old <laughs> as the rest of us. So, But and, speaking from a young perspective, you... There are su- there is such good information out there in this aging population. Don't feel like no one wants to hear you. We want your information. We are dying for it. So become a mentor. Teach someone something that you've learned over your years of experience flying seaplanes because we don't have that experience yet. Well, and there's a whole different situation that exists today than existed when I was growing up at 10 years old and riding my bike around local airports. I mean, I literally grew up, you could ride your bike into the open gate, which was never closed at the airport. And you could just ride around hangars and you could stop and talk and listen to to, to people and learn. You can't do that today. And so for us, it's very critical, no matter where you are in the aviation community, that we pick out young individuals, even people that are, are 40 years old that may be future aircraft potential owners and pilots. We need to pick out new people to mentor and bring along to maintain our population. We figure that we're losing 17 to 20% of seaplane pilots every year just due to attrition, due to age. That's terrible. That's awful. And all that information goes with them. Yeah, that means if we add 20% more seaplane pilots every year, all we're doing is maintaining the current population. We're not even growing the population. It's just in and out. Yeah. Just evenly. It's just an even transfer. And so the more seaplane pilots we have, the more that are active, the larger our community, the larger our community, the more of a voice we have in keeping water open. And so really for the long-term health of SPA, for the Seaplane Pilots Association, for the whole water flying community, we need to be bringing in new blood, which is why I created the Seaplane Scholarship Program, the Tyler Orsow Chuck Kimes Memorial Seaplane Rating Scholarship. So New Year's resolution number three, these are all calls to action for you guys in the community that we are giving you as resolutions that we're hoping for. I will take on a mentorship. I hope that you will take on a mentorship. Identify someone that you can introduce into the world of seaplane flying and mentor them over the course of at least the next 12 months. And imagine them looking back on you in 50 years. Like I remember this person. This person blossomed, like made my love of seaplane, like absolutely introduced me to the wide world of seaplanes. And take photos of this and and document this and write us the stories of your experience and and encourage the people you're mentoring to to share these stories. Because this is great. You know, this is the great kind of story material we need for Waterflying Magazine and for the social media world to bring even more people in. So share the photos of the people you're mentoring and the, what you're doing with them. And again, we'll help you along this journey. So that's New Year's resolution number three. Become a mentor to someone, introduce them, and walk them through their journey as being a new seaplane pilot. New Year's resolution number four, use checklists. Yes. Why we have to continue saying this is so frustrating, but continue using your checklist. Have good checklist usage. 
Be consistent. Be clear. If you're an instructor, make sure that you're constantly teaching checklists. Just don't get lazy. Yeah, and this doesn't have to mean a physical checklist. It can be a mnemonic Mm -hmm. checklist like the one you use, will not. Will not, W-L-N-O-T. So I use this pretty much consistently. If if I'm coming up to a lake and I haven't been here, even if I work here every day, you know that water isn't static, right? Like there isn't a big... It's not? It's not? I mean, it's not fluid in... Oh, it's not fluid <laughs> Boats in motion? can go there, people are swimming. <laughs> yeah, so there isn't a big gate that says no trespassing airport there, believe it or not. I want to know that I'm not going to hurt anybody if I land here. That's my number one goal. Every time I get in a seaplane, I don't want to hurt myself or my student or passenger. And I don't want to hurt any other poor pedestrian on the lake. So So will not. Will not. It stands for wind and water. L, lane and landing point. Expect more from yourself. Don't just plop your butt in the water. Have a landing point picked out and have good reason for landing on that landing point. N is for noise abatement. Is there a traffic pattern where you annoy less people? Exactly. So if we want to maintain access, we need to be good neighbors. You can't gloss over that. Even though it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a safety thing, you can completely get a lake shut down. That was a great practice spot for glassy water landing. It's the most frustrating thing. O stands for obstacles. And then T stands for traffic towers, terrain, thunderstorms. I pretty much condense that all into threats. What threatens you? Oh, I like that. Threats. I know, right? So I haven't heard that introduced into the will not um, mindset. And I really like It covers threats. everything else. You know, oh, there's also a tower over there. How about I make a mental note and not hit the tower? Yeah, absolutely. And so just think about this when we think about threats and traffic. If you're going into a lake or a river or a waterway with your seaplane because you think it's a cool place, there's a really good chance that someone else thinks it's a really good place and is using the same waterway. So keep your eye out for other seaplanes because especially as we're going into tight and restricted vision approaches, you need to consider, are you doing an overfly? Are you making radio calls on a common frequency? Are you looking for the potential of that other seaplane. You just, you have no idea. It's the most frustrating thing. If if you were to land and you look over and wow, there's a boat over there with a bunch of kids swimming around that I had no idea was there before I landed. Thank God I didn't land on them. That's a terrible feeling. Absolutely. Or if there was, you're turning base final and you're head to head with somebody. I mean, maybe you'd see that in an airport, but the idea that you get so so lazy and so just not thinking about it because you're landing on water and you think the water is yours. You're the only thing out there. Yeah. As flip flop flyers, as we like to call ourselves in the South, it's really easy to lure ourselves into what we tell everyone else that it's this great laid back lifestyle and way of flying, but it doesn't matter. You're still flying an aircraft. You're still piloting command. Again, you've heard this, uh, uh, you know, multiple times. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, You're still pilot in command. You're still responsible. Your life and the life of your passengers are still on the line and your responsibility every time you fly. So I'm going to expand this. Beyond using checklists, how about getting into the flying state of mind and and also reviewing your procedures before you do them and, and what your flight looks like before you do it? 
And, you know, I've heard people say you get it, you start getting into the flying state of mind that the night before. Well, don't you want to be ahead of the airplane? Isn't that a great feeling to know kind of what's going to happen before you get in there? That way, if something does happen that's outside of the norm, you're prepared for it. And so I do this even before I do my pre-departure as I'm at the, the departure into the runway, getting ready to depart. I go through a departure briefing briefing, whether I have a crew or not, whether I have passengers or not, because I want to get myself in the mindset of as soon as I take off of that land runway, the first thing I'm going to do when I have positive rate is get the gear up. So that comes into this checklist mentality and state of mind. And again, developing good habits and procedures. So what was that? Number four. So uh, New Year's resolution number four, use checklists, use mnemonic checklist and get into the mindset and review your procedures before you go flying. Love it. So moving on to what's that? Number five, number five, using personal flotation devices. So Steve, I know that this is your sweet spot. We've had guests on here that have talked about their love of PFDs. And then we're going to have future episodes where you just, you really kick it off with some guests talking about PFDs. So we're really excited to share those with you guys in the future. uh, you know, it is one of my passion topics, PFDs and safety. And so you will not fly with me without a PFD on, as Abby knows. Mm-hmm. And I will not fly with you without a PFD on. No matter who you are, no matter where the airplane is, I don't care what your experience level is or anything else. Uh, I strongly believe in PFDs. They are very inexpensive and a no-excuse life-saving device that every seaplane pilot and passenger should wear. It's insurance. Very inexpensive insurance. You wear a seatbelt, don't you? Yes. So Why? bringing out a PFD to have your passengers wear or for you to wear shouldn't scare anyone. You ask no. them to put a seatbelt on. Yeah, this isn't this isn't a stretch. So I don't know why there there's a lot of people that have this mindset that I'm not going to scare my passengers by having asking them to wear a PFD. And this comes in the training world. This comes in the commercial aviation seaplane aviation world. This comes in just you know the private owner operator world. Look, you're not scaring anyone. You're giving them actually a better peace of mind by showing them you care enough to have them don a PFD. You're not going to need it. I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you don't need it. But in the case, on the wild chance that you do need it, I'm going to make sure you're prepared to deal with the situation. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So when we're talking about PFDs, there's a couple important topics about them. Know how to use your PFD. What? Like, don't just have it in the pocket in a bag? Yes. And it's like, yeah, I think they're back there somewhere. They're like, they're under... My shoes, I think. There's like a jacket back there. They're buried. I don't know. Know how to use it. Know how to inflate it. Know how to deflate it in case it accidentally deploys as well. And do you have a seatbelt cutter in close proximity to your PFD? Because you also need to get out. Now, PFDs, they're not all created equal. What do you mean? There are marine or boating grade PFDs many of which have an auto-deploy function, yeah, an automatic deployment PFD. So you land, gear down, you end up on your back in a seaplane. Would you want a personal flotation device on you that's going to automatically inflate as soon as it touches water? No. No, you're trapped in the airplane. Now you're the Michelin man that's stuck in there. (laughs) And this might be counterintuitive to people, but 
you do not want an auto-deploying PFD. So if you bought your PFD at West Marine or Bass Pro or somewhere, and it's an auto-deploy PFD, you're Hang actually, it back. Yeah, you're actually putting yourself in a more hazardous situation because what's going to happen is if you end up needing it because you're upside down hanging by your seatbelt underwater, that PFD is going to deploy and you will not be able to get out of the airplane. You'll end up in the baggage compartment going down with the airplane and you'll have so much buoyancy that you won't be able to get out. It is it is very hazardous. So you want a manual deploy PFD like all of the PFDs that we sell here at the Seaplane Pilots Association. And give us a call. We we want to talk to you about the different options that you have for PFDs. It's life jackets. You have breathing devices. You have the seatbelt cutters. There are multiple things that you are using to get yourself out of that airplane in the event of a crash. And never, but never use a boating style PFD or flotation vest, a water skiing vest, anything. Do not put your kids or your passengers in water skiing vests. One of those vests, chunky orange things or that one you of those see boaters carry with them but hardly ever wearing. That Do not always bring those have, with you. Yes, because they always have flotation. And again... In an emergency situation where you actually need it, you'll end up in the baggage compartment or they will end up in the baggage compartment unable to get out because the heavy end of the airplane, the engine is typically going to sink first. And that means that where everything else goes is into the baggage compartment. And it's very, you know, if it's not difficult enough to get out of the airplane, try getting out of it from the baggage compartment. So just to reiterate, the right kind of PFD is one in which you manually, that means that you the one wearing the PFD, are in control of when it deploys. And you get out and clear of the aircraft. Before you deploy it. Before you deploy it. If I see one of these constant flotation or automatic flotation PFDs in your airplane, I will not talk to you. I will not apologize. I will proceed to the nearest dumpster and throw it in, and I will make no apologies for saving you and your passenger's life. And we can talk about it another day. He's looking at me so accusingly as if I'm the no, one you're not. that has like a boating <laughs> life jacket. Like, no. Actually, if there's any students that are going to get your your seaplane license or get an upgrade or whatever, this should make your instructor very happy yes. if you come to them and you say, I know exactly what kind of life jacket I should be wearing. That's so, awesome. So moving on, number six. New Year's resolution. Volunteer at SPA. We need more volunteers. We always have more mission, more things to do for the community than we have labor resources to get done. And there's a whole bunch of ways that you can volunteer to do that. There's a myriad of ways. We need people as field directors. That means that you become like the expert of your area. And if there's a seaplane pilot in your area passing through, or maybe someone that's becoming a seaplane pilot in your area, you are the contact and you can introduce them to seaplane flying in your area, which is really pretty exciting. You be- can become a lake liaison, which is someone that monitors the situation on a physical lake. So you take responsibility for being the eyes and the ears for the Seaplane Pilots Association on a particular lake, hopefully that you live on or that you come in very frequent contact with. And you listen for issues like the community is having problem with noise, or there's a particular house that is not friendly for doing overflights, or maybe it's a reservoir and the water level's down and tree stags are poking up, and the water landing directory needs to be updated 
so Mark Rassi can get that update made so people know that there's a new hazard that's a temporary hazard on the lake. You could save somebody's life. So you can become a field director. You can become a lake liaison. And again, that's taking responsibility for a specific piece of water that you're going to help us monitor the situation on. And we need volunteers at shows. We go to trade shows. We're doing Sun and Fun, Oshkosh, which I did not have the option to do this year. No, you didn't. Which is too bad. It's okay, COVID. (laughs) But we always need people. We need volunteers. And so if you are willing and you got... The ability to do it and stand, um, we can make use of you. We've got a set of floats sitting in Bartow that need to be de-skinned so we can make some educational training aids out of this set of amphibious floats. Uh, We need work parties. We need technical help. uh, We need volunteers at fundraising. I mean, just a, a whole variety of things. So if you have time, passion, and energy that you would like to donate to the community, then again, get a hold of us, abby at seaplanes.org. That's A-B-B-I-E at seaplanes.org. And I really want to shout out Kelly O'Donnell. So she just recently became a licensed seaplane pilot. She's come on like gangbusters. She just <laughs> she hit the ground absolutely running. What I, can I do for you? I have this set of skills. This is my background. And she's on my special projects team. And we had, a, she goes like, I've got all these recommendations. I've got all these things I think you should do. And we're like, great. I'm we, writing all of this down. <laughs> we need a volunteer to do this. So uh, by the way, don't mention these things unless you might be willing to help out, make those things a reality. But she is, she's just, she's been incredible giving suggestions, listening to the podcast. Hey, Kelly. <laughs> so just really appreciate you. And if you want to be a volunteer, contact myself, A-B-B-I-E at seaplanes.org. Again, that's Abby at seaplanes.org, spelled the correct way. Yes, the correct way. Not (laughs) A-B-B-Y. Or you can give us a call at 863-701-7979. Again, that's 863-701-7979. So instead of giving you our New Year's resolutions, this is our six New Year's resolutions that we are asking you, the seaplane community, the seaplane pilots, to do for us to help the community in 2021. We're promoting and protecting water flying. We need your help. We look forward to 2021 with all of you at our side. Absolutely. It's everyone's responsibility to make this, to protect and promote this way of life that we have. So please listen to the podcast again if you need to. We'll list the six items in the show notes as well. Thank you for listening. We are really looking forward to an exciting 2021. I think we're all happy that 2020 is in the history books. (laughs) Oh, it will be. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much. As always, reach out to us and take care till then. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events 
not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.